Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Serious divers of Reddit. What is your most horrifying experience underwater? Had the mooring buoy break in the boat captain not realize the boat was drifting while I and two others were guiding around 15 certified divers and two students. Doing our standard AM2 tank. And there were four staff on the boat two instructors one of whom was just acting as a guide. Myself and one other dive guide both of us dive masters. The other dive master and I swapped guiding and captaining. One instructor was taking care of the students and the other guided on both dives. So it was a super rainy day. Rainy enough that we couldn't see the shore the sites we visited were only 1-2 mile. Max offshore. No waves or wind though. Just a heavy downpour. And the visibility was 50-60 feet. Not the worst conditions by any stretch of the imagination. We reached the first dive site I was surface support. Everyone goes down and everything goes swimmingly. We reached the second site and. Head down after doing a decently long surface interval. Important to note, two divers stayed up on the boat due to motion sickness. One of whom was a single woman yes. That is important to this. I take my half of the group one way. The other goes another. The instructor and students go off their way. About 40 minutes later we all have made our way back to where the descent line should be. And lo and behold there's nothing to be seen. Personally I just thought I had misjudged our distance and that it was a little further down the reef. But when the other guide swam over to me and wrote boat. On her magnet board I knew shit had gone sideways. We gathered everyone together in a group while the senior instructor surfaced to check for the boat. And when he didn't see it he called everyone up. Thankfully most of our dive sites in that area were pretty close together and within swimming distance. So we swam to the nearest mooring buoy and had everyone drop their weights. We sat for an hour or so. Occasionally catching sight of the boat and yelling at the top of our lungs in the hope that the guy on it would hear us he didn't. Eventually other boats from the shop came out and followed the line of mooring buoys until they found us and hauled us out. We come to find out that the other dive master, instead of keeping an eye on surface conditions, spent most of the time flirting with the diver who stayed up top and thought nothing of the fact that the descent line was floating up near the bow of the boat instead of the stern. Needless to say, he lost his job. All divers were accounted for and nothing terrible happened. But I still get a pit in my stomach when I think of how badly it could have ended. My wife and I chartered a diving excursion in Cabo in Mexico. We were set to dive on the Sea of Cortez side of the peninsula. Our dive was fantastic. We were with a group of 20 tourist divers. My wife and I are experienced divers with over 150 hours under our belt. We asked the dive master if we could go out on our own in an area about 100 yards from the boat. The dive master gave us the okay and off we went. It was a shallow dive. About 40-60 feet and had 30 minutes. When we came back up, our dive boat was off in the distance. Heading back to port, we yelled and screamed to no avail. Instant panic took over as we were barely able to see the shoreline and we were 50 miles away from the port, my passport, wallet and everything else was on the boat. The weather was 105 degrees with 90% humidity. So even if we dropped our tanks which we did and swam to shore, we would die from exposure. 
About a mile further out to sea was a fishing boat. I tried calling my wife as best as we could. But she wasn't responding and was in complete shock. I put on my big boy pants. Made my wife lay on her back and I dragged her to the boat. Once we got there. The fishermen looked at us with shock. But knew exactly what happened. They got on the radio and called for our boat for about 20 minutes with no answer. My Spanish is super weak. But I got on the radio and called for our boat's name using every expletive in the English language and guess. What? They heard the call and came back for us. Once they came back it was pure mutiny on the boat. Everyone was freaked out because they knew we were missing. But the captain didn't believe it. That shithead didn't even do a headcount. We heard that a few divers were ready to kick the captain off the helm and go back. Needless to say we survived. We got a refund. Only after turning potential customers away at the port. It didn't happen underwater. But it was the most terrifying moment in my life. My wife laughs about it. Only because she doesn't remember being stranded. I just. Laugh along thinking. Yeah we almost died. We were in Egypt for a week long holiday. Doing three dives a day on average. Very last day. We're about 30 meters deep in a coral formation. To get out of the formation you had to go through a tunnel that went down to a clearing. I am slightly claustrophobic. So I already wasn't completely relaxed. And my ears were clogged up from all the diving we did so equalizing didn't go as smooth as I wanted to. Halfway through the tunnel I couldn't clear anymore. My ears really started to hurt. A really sharp stinging pain. And I started to panic. I couldn't go back up because there were divers behind me. But I still had to go down several meters before I was out. I don't think I've ever swam so fast to get out of that tunnel. My buddy had to help me surface because I was crying so hard. And that was the day I decided that caves and wrecks will never be my thing underwater. As an aside. Having to clear your mask because your tears are filling it up is a really weird sensation. Deciding to enter the hold of a sunken fishing boat despite my dive partner not wanting to. Had a quick look around then headed back out and suddenly realized I was spinning but but not moving. Turns out a line had gone between my first stage top of my air cylinder for non-divers and the back of my head. So I am inside a wreck and can't move. Split second of panic. Take a deep breath and slowly figure out if I move backwards I can free myself. But for that split second I wondered if my desire to explore was going to end in me being stuck underwater with my air running out. Never went anywhere underwater without my buddy again I got free fairly easily but a dive buddy would have solved it in seconds. LPT. Always dive with a buddy and make sure you look out for one another. Owen was qualified as a master diver. Pro tip 2 don't let experience overconfidence. Was diving in Belize with my ex who was my dive buddy. It was the third day of a 7 day trip and it was great. The second dive of the day was at about 65 feet. We were halfway to the surface with the rest of the group when my ex reached out and inflated my BCD sending me directly up towards the propeller. In my panic. I didn't even think about releasing air from my BCD. I was just concentrating on getting as far as possible away from the propeller which looked huge as I was rushing towards it. I wasn't even completely sure that what had happened had really happened because I was shocked and scared shless. After we were back on the boat the dive master questioned. The ex about why he was messing with my BCD. My ex denied that he touched it and when someone else told us that they saw it too my ex claimed that I was having buoyancy control issues and he was trying to help me. One of the assistant dive masters was my dive buddy for the rest of the trip and they wouldn't allow my ex back on the boat. Of course this resulted in him claiming I was screwing the dive master. Spearfishing 120 feet deep. 
My dive buddy shoots a nice amberjack. Not to be outdone I find the biggest fish in the school. Line up a kill shot. Squeeze the trigger and done. Fish is what we call stoned. Pretty much dead. No movement. I bring the fish in and start to run the stringer through him and he comes back to life with a vengeance. He starts thrashing around. I let him go but I still have my spear shaft sticking through his head. Connected to a Kevlar shock cord. Connected to a spear gun. Connected to a cable. Connected to a snap swivel. Connected to me. When Amberjack are hooked up they like to do a death circle. This is where they spin in circles as they die. Hence the name. As this particular Amberjack is spinning he swims at me and wraps the shock cord around my head and it's getting shorter and shorter. I am trying to free myself but getting more tangled in the Kevlar cord. As the cable winds down the fish begins to beat me in the head with his tail. This removes my mask and regulator. I am desperately trying to free myself. Get my regulator back in my mouth to breath and get the duck out of this situation. As the fish starts to weaken I am able to wiggle out of the cord and grab my regulator. Finally able to grab a desperately needed breath of air. Searching around finds my mask. Luckily it is black and contrast nicely against the white sandy bottom. Mask on. Clear it with a big breath and now I am in business. What the hell is that beeping? I look at my computer flashing 200 pounds. That's not good. At 120 feet that's not much. I've been breathing like a fat kid on a treadmill since I got my regulator back. I think. Don't panic. First thing. Get rid of this fish before it comes alive again. I rip the shaft out of it. Second. Get to my dive buddy. Shit. Where's my dive buddy? Found him. Swimming away. About 40 feet from me. While I try to take a breath and get nothing. I felt like I was sucking the sides of the tank in. My heart is pounding. My mind says. Stay calm and live. Freak out and die. All you have to do is make it to the surface. Slowly. Reaching my dive buddy was too big of a risk. I was already out of air. He could just keep swimming away as I try to reach him. My only option was to head to the surface slowly. If you ascent too fast you will die from air embolism. As I made the decision to head up I closed my eyes and focused on my heartbeat. Which seemed so loud I would have though my dive buddy could have heard it. I though to myself. As long as you can hear that beating. You are. Okay I ascended as slow as I could. Just listening to the pounding. Boom. 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 At about 80 feet deep I am able to pull about half a breath out of the tank from the air expanding. I am going to make it. I thought. Boom. Boom. Boom for what seemed like forever. I get to the surface and grab a huge breath of air. The best breath of air I ever had. I swim to the boat. Crawl on board and immediately start to switch out tanks. My wife says. What's wrong? Something is wrong. Out of breath I tell her I have to go back down for a few minutes and that I am fine. I strap back in and go down the anchor line about 60 feet and just sit there for a very long time and work my way back up the line slowly sitting at intervals to try and fix any air embolisms I may cause on my ascent. I thought I came up slow enough but I had to be sure. After I burn off a tank just doing deco I come back to the boat. I just told my wife I thought I came up too fast because I had a headache. It wasn't until a few weeks later I told her the truth. She said. You looked like you were afraid you were going to die when you switched out your tanks. I knew it wasn't a headache. I still spearfish. But I always carry an emergency pony bottle now. I have not shot an amberjack since the incident. I feel like that is the closest I have come to. Death. 
I was snorkeling not diving. I was about 10 and my dad and I went on a snorkeling boat tour. We finished the first stop and headed out to the second. So 10 year old me jumps in the water and now after 20 minutes in the water before made me a pro. I started to swim a bit away from my dad the group. I was following this really pretty rainbow fish. Next thing I know. This shark comes out of nowhere and eats the fish. I flipped the hell out. I turned around as quick as I could to get the boat while I was getting yelled at for splashing around. I was still shaken up when I got back to the boat. I grabbed my towel. A snack. A soda and hit on the boat. My dad got back to the boat. I just told him I was tired and didn't want to snorkel anymore. My dad was confused because I went from the happiest kid to dead silent. Later on. My dad heard some guy say. Hey. Anyone check out that hammerhead? My dad put two and two together. He asked me if I saw the shark and I told him he killed the rainbow fish. Me traumatized him hysterical laughter. On my very first dive with my instructor the one you have to complete to get certified. My regulator malfunctioned at 65 feet. I didn't panic. As my instructor had an octopus that I could use. After using the correct signals to explain what was happening. He seemingly slowly got his octopus in hand and gave it to me. I tried to breathe using it but no luck it wasn't working. So we had already been sitting there for over 30 seconds and I was getting low on air and about to panic when my instructor grabbed me and started a controlled ascent. Giving me his regulator so I could breathe and then using buddy breathing. This is all no big deal now. But on my first dive two failed pieces of breathing gear. I was scared shitless. Turns out my regulator had gotten sand in it and was stuck in the open position. Blasting all my air out but not being usable. I've been caught face to face with a big bull shark. But even that isn't as scary as not being able to breathe. I've been diving for 15 years. I've been narked, bet, and died at one point. I've been attacked by sharks, goliath grouper, moray eels, and by barracuda. Been stung by sea urchins and lionfish. I've seen my share of scary. Happy to type up any of the stories from above if anyone is interested particularly. But the single most scary thing happened on my 17th birthday. My dad took me spearfishing family tradition for me. I was about 75 feet down at the top of a 45 feet wreck. So the bottom was about 115 feet down which is right when things start to get dangerous from a gas and decompression level when I shot the biggest amberjack of my life. I was stupid and wrapped the line from my spear around my wrist so I could pull the fish to bring him to me on the bottom. Asshole was bigger than me and started flying up to the surface. So I am going up and down. Then up and down again. My dive computer is screaming at me. Ceiling. Stop. Slow down. My nitrogen levels were rising faster than reasonable person's blood pressure watching the news. Finally. He swam back down towards the wreck we were on and I managed to snag my gun on a beam from the rusting hull. I took a second to breath and realized how close to blacking out I was. My head was pounding. My ears felt like they were going to explode and implode at the same time from all the pressure changes. My mask was filling with blood where I'd burst a blood vessel in my nose in the fight. I should have died. The fight had worn down on the fish so he wasn't able to snap the line given a hard pull. I pulled my dive knife and started swimming down the line working towards him. He was drawing lazier and weakening circles at the end of the 20 foot line. As I neared him. I saw it was inches away from shaking the spear and being lost forever. I had to pull on the spear and pin him to the sandy bottom with the pointy end of the spear. The moment I touched him. The fish went ballistic. It was like our fight was starting all over. This time in close quarters. 
I just wrapped my legs around him like a rodeo star and tried to find a sweet spot. For my knife. I had my knees locked around the spear with the fish as a kebab in the middle. I took one jab and it deflected of his skull. Those bastards have a tough head. I took one more and somehow it stuck. He went from a bucking bronco to dead in zero time. Just done. I was low on air and was exhausted. I just wrapped the line around the spear gun and left the spear in the fish. Knife in skull. Worked my way up as slowly as I could and took the largest decompression safety stop my remaining air would allow. We had over 65 pounds of meat from that fish. Ate light kings for days. I am an instructor. But on a fun dive once I noticed that a diver in the group was showing pretty much every classic sign of stress throughout the dive. She wasn't my buddy. But I still felt responsible for her so I stuck close throughout the dive and discreetly let the guide know she was having issues. At the end of the dive. We were hanging out below the boat at about 5 mil while over top of about 15 mil of water. Someone in the group was communicating with the dive master guide and he didn't notice the struggling woman begin swimming with her hand straight to the bottom. As a professional I felt a sense of responsibility for the diver. And took off after her. She immediately grabbed a table coral on the bottom with a white knuckle grip so hard that the branches crumbled in her hands. Most people reading this probably want divers. But it doesn't really take Jacques Cousteau to realize shit was in the process of hitting the fan. Although extensively trained for this sort of thing. I'd never seen anything like it in real life before and as a fresh instructor was totally freaking out inside my head. I got to her and grabbed her shoulder. She immediately spun around toward me and I'll never forget the face she made. I'd never really seen true terror and panic before. But by God there it was. Her eyes were massive and empty. Pupils dilated. Complexion super white even for being Northern European. And worst of all her regulator the mouthpiece a diver breathes from had left her mouth. Without even thinking about it I jammed my backup regulator into her mouth and was immediately clung to. It is like one of those cheesy horror movie scenes where someone is attacked by an octopus. Only this was a tall lanky Danish lady in full on panic mode. After what seemed like ages of me trying to control her arms. She began a different panic mode and took off toward the surface. I spread my legs wide to slow hour. Ascent and kept my regulator in her mouth until we got to the surface. Aside from the sobbing. She stopped her physical panic once we surfaced and the DM helped us back to the boat where some of the other Danes in her group helped calm her down. Apparently she had run out of air due to the quickened breathing she was doing on the dive due to her general anxiety. She then had a full-fledged panic attack and claimed to not remember a thing about what happened until surfacing. I've never seen panic like that before. Not seen it since and the entire situation left me really shaken. However, it was a great learning experience that's made me an even safer instructor and diver. There was also the time I had to do CPR on a guy from another boat who had a heart attack underwater and surfaced beside ours. 30 minutes of tandem CPR wasn't enough to save him and unfortunately there was no AED on board. That one didn't really scare me until the next day though and it was more of a morbid sense of guilt though. I was snorkeling in La Jolla Cove near San Diego. This place is crowded with scuba divers, snorkelers, and kayakers. It also has sea lions. Lots and lots of sea lions. I saw them all on the rocks away from the people. So I naturally assumed they would keep their distance from all the people in the water. I got separated from my dive buddy always a bad idea and started exploring the coastal caves by myself. Since I was looking down into the water. I did not realize the rocks above me were covered with mama sea lions and their pups. I was in a part of the cave that was maybe 5 feet wide and 8 feet deep when I see a sea lion swim right below me. 
literally two feet or less from me. Since I was in a shallow cave, it seemed to come out of nowhere. I swim along and try to get away from the sea lion rookery, only to encounter eight to ten more sea lions. Not another human in sight. These things are huge, like seven feet long and seven hundred pounds, with big teeth, like lions of the sea. Apparently, I was not the first snorkeler they have encountered, so they swam very close to me, but otherwise left me unharmed. Surfing, but hey, close enough. I was out alone, or so I thought, on a stormy, pretty big day, too early for lifeguards. Cloudy, choppy, and at least five female faces. Could be a fun day. So I am paddling out when all of a sudden a set wave breaks a couple hundred feet in front of me. Bummer. But I'll just go under it. As it gets closer to me, I don't know why. But my brain just started setting off alarm bells going. Turn around. Get out of the way. Go so when I went under the wave, I turned my head and protected my face. Bam! Something hit me in the back of the head, super hard. And I think I blacked out because all of a sudden I was underwater with my head touching the sand, ten plus down. I was super confused and couldn't figure out which way was up. I was so dazed I thought sand land before I realized I couldn't breath. So I just sort of crawled up my leash to my board, promptly got destroyed by another wave, and went through the process again. So I get up to water and I feel the back of my head, lots of blood and there's something jagged sticking out of the back of my head. I try to paddle back in, but I think I had a concussion, so I couldn't stay on my board. I was so dizzy. I threw up and yelled for help, but nobody was there. I eventually elected to just hang onto the side of my board and let the waves watch me in. I was so exhausted I couldn't kick. I was bleeding out my head, and I was concerned about sharks because my neighbor was killed by a great white in the exact spot I was a few years before. I eventually reached shore and laid down. After a while, I walked up to the lifeguards. Who were literally just showing up to the beach, and told them what happened. They took me to the emergency room where they pulled a three-inch chunk of surfboard nose from my head, fractured skull. I guess there was someone else out there that day. Never saw him. Sorry for ducking up your board, buddy. I was doing a night dive in Kosumel with a group. I had a buddy, but as soon as we got down, we saw there were two other dive groups there, and in the dark I couldn't tell who anyone was. The current was insane. I tried to hold onto my buddy's hand, but literally got ripped away and went flying. I was flying around, and people from the other groups would swim over. See, I wasn't with them, then swim away. I finally found our group leader and hung onto his tank for a while, but I kept flying away. For a while, I was alone and just considered surfacing by myself, since this was clearly an unsafe situation and I didn't want to tempt fate. I couldn't find anyone in my group. Finally. I stumble onto the group leader again, and we decide to surface, but we have to sew a safety stop since it's our third or fourth dive of the day. I am low on air and feeling extremely shaky and scared at this point. Remember, it's totally dark, so we are doing our safety stop, and suddenly the group leader tells me go up now. We do, and we just miss slamming into the pier due to the insane current. Phew, that was close. So now we're on the surface. But our boat is nowhere to be found. There's no one around. I have one of those quacker dive alerts, and for the first time, I actually have to use it. It sounds like a foghorn. I am picturing scenes from open water when another boat happens by. We ask them to let us on, and they won't. They just tell us they will call our boat. Eventually, our boat finds us, and everyone on board is relieved. 
except for one asshole who says he knew we were fine and just wanted to go in because it's late and he figured someone else would pick us up. Nearly all of my dives have been excellent, with only a few moments being scary. Like having a 10-foot nurse shark approach from behind and swim next to you. However, during one dive something happened that wasn't really scary in the way you might be thinking, but was pretty bad for me. To put it short and bluntly a moon jelly got stuck in my swim trunks. Its stingers were in contact with my upper thigh for nearly a minute, probably less than that. It just felt like a long time. It was terrifying. Coming up from an excellent night dive. Only to feel a certain something float up into my swim trunks and continuously sting my leg. Seeing all the other moon jellies hovering in the water after the thing was no fun either. Nor was getting back to the boat when I could barely move my leg. I had really bad marks for almost a week and even walking was difficult. Thankfully. Though. Moon jellies are pretty harmless. Usually you brush up against them. It feels like a bee sting. And you go on your way. This just felt like a really bad bee sting for an extended period of times that was dangerously close to my family jewels. The first time I ever went 120 female deep the recreational maximum I had a pretty rough time. We had just reached our max depth and were cruising the bottom when my mask started filling with a thick green liquid. I didn't know what the hell was happening. All of a sudden my mask kept filling up with green and I couldn't clear it enough. I remained calm thinking I had the worst luck in the world to discover an illness in a remote area. I decided to surface. When we reached our decompression level I noticed I still had liquid filling up my mask but it wasn't green. It was red. As you reach greater and greater depths colors start to fade away. Red is one of the first colors. Hence my. Mask filling up with green liquid. Scary. But not at all serious. TLDR I was diving and started gushing green paste from my face. When I surfaced I realized it was just a nosebleed and the color red gets washed out at depth. I was 14 and had just gotten certified with my dad. We dove down about 30 feet into this lake where the visibility was about 10 feet. For some reason there was a submerged school bus down there. And my dad motioned to go into it. We swim in the entry door and it was super creepy. All the seats had been removed. And the roof wasn't letting any sun come in so you couldn't see very far. We get to about the middle of the bus, and suddenly I see this pale woman hanging by a rope from where the back door would be. She had long black hair just floating all around her head. And I screamed and bolted. I didn't take any time going straight to the surface, and my dad was right alongside me. Except he was laughing. Turns out, scuba divers like to sink mannequins and statues for some reason. So lesson learned. We did finish out the dive. But I refused to go back in the bus. My buddy and I and two others went diving off the coast of Oman. It was my first night dive so I was a bit nervous. As we're just about to get in. The guide casually mentions that a bull shark had been feeding in the area that morning. He said not to worry that he'd probably gone but me and my buddy were keeping an eye out for it well as best you can in the pitch black with flashlights. Diving at night is very cool but the darkness is overwhelming when you turn off your flashlight. At about 20 mile down we came across a huge sea turtle asleep on the seabed. We kept a respectful distance but the light from the flashlights woke it up. It swam away quite majestically and was lost in the darkness. About 20 minutes later something shot across our beam of light. My arse was chewing the wetsuit as I thought it was the shark. It turned out to be the turtle who had come back to investigate us. I was about 10 male behind the group and it circled around us so that I was between it and the rest of them. 
I remember thinking how huge it was and how huge the head and beak were when the ducker darted straight for me with its mouth open. It moved incredibly fast and almost bit me in the family jewels region before I pushed him away. It seemed to happen in slow motion and I remember thinking that it weighed a ton and that I wasn't expecting that. In the process of pushing it away and trying to swim backwards from it as hard as I could. I dropped my flashlight and got cramp in both calves two dives and traveling in one day not good. I am in the pitch black trying to maintain buoyancy. Get the cramp out of both calves. Trying not to panic and conserve air and retrieve my flashlight that is dangling on a lanyard all at the same time. All the while I am expecting Mr. Turtle to come at me again. After what seemed an eternity I got myself sorted out only to find my buddies had disappeared they hadn't seen the commotion and had kept going. I checked my depth. Time and air. It was then I realized I was alone and there was. Nobody to be seen. Do I surface? What direction had they gone? Wouldn't matter anyway as I'd no idea where I was what our heading should have been and I didn't have a compass. I couldn't see them or any lights. So I switched off my light to see if I could see their lights in the distance. That was the worst part. I spent what seemed an eternity slowly spinning in the pitch darkness trying to pick out their light and eventually saw a tiny glimmer about 60 mile ahead. By alternatively swimming and switching off my torch to get the right heading I eventually caught up with them and the rest of the dive was boring in comparison. I gave them a bollocking afterwards for leaving me but they thought I was just at the back of the group. The whole episode couldn't have been more than 9-10 minutes but seemed much longer. If the turtle had bitten me, it would have done serious damage and if it grabbed hold of me and swam away there's little I could have done to stop it. I think it attacked because it couldn't see what was behind the beam of light shining at it and it was a defensive move. Afterwards I googled bull shark. I wouldn't have gotten in if I'd read about them first. When I did my compass certification dive we went in off the beach. We were told where to go and that we would know if we were right. There will be something in the water to see. My buddy and I crested over this mound of rock and there were about 20 baby dolls with cinder blocks tied to their feet just floating there eerily in the water. A couple of them were those creepy things that have eyes that blink. I know it sounds like no big deal. And perhaps it wasn't to other people. But the two women in the group myself and one other were totally traumatized. A couple of the guys said they understood how we felt and that it was inappropriate. I am not sure if they were as shocked or if. They were just being kind. But it really really shook me. To this day the only nightmare I have about my children is them drowning and me being unable to free them as they sink to the bottom. I am not sure if that diving experience had anything to do with that or not. But it was awful. I am a freedive spearfisherman. But my experience probably still counts. I wasn't in that deep of water. Maybe 30-35 feet. And I was swimming along. With my gun set up with a reel and then a buoy on a 50 line with a little 2 pounds anchor tucked under my belt. I dove on some fish in some pretty complex coral. With some cave structures and whatnot so I dive down and tuck myself into a little crevice. So I don't get flopped around in the surge and can hide from the fish. I then wait around for something delicious to get in range. A fish comes close enough. Think it was a Moana collie. But. Don't really remember. I fired at it. And missed pathetically. But my spear buried itself pretty good into the rock behind the fish. So. I throw my gun behind me. As I always do gun floats with the spear out. So it normally just goes straight up and swim forward and try to pull my spear out. It's not coming easily. And I've been down for a minute or so now. So I decided to just head up and take another crack at it. But I then feel that my byline is tangled a little bit in the rocks behind me. So I set about trying to untangle it. And the surge is making it more difficult. 
And then I decide to just drop the anchor after about 15 seconds of trying to get things straightened out. I drop the anchor and go to swim upward, feeling the need to breathe pretty urgently. Since not only have I been down for a minute and a half, but I've been exerting myself trying to get the spear out and untangle the line. I then feel my shooting line 600 pounds test monofilament tied off to my real line, sliding over the weights on my belt, and it's somehow tangled with my buoy line as well. I noticed, but I was really wanting another breath, and it was slipping pretty good, and it wasn't very far to the surface, so I just kept swimming, trying to untangle myself as I went, considering just dropping my quick release weight belt. I get the belt untangled just before, doing so and feel relief as I head to the surface. Then I feel the line wrap around my legs and fins, caught up on my knife case strapped to my calf, which is not as easy to take off as my belt. For a second, I tried to horse it to the surface, since nothing was really stuck down there, and the weak limestone and dead coral can break pretty easy. Well, that got me to within about 2.5 of the surface, and no more. And I remember thinking, I am gonna ducking drown right here close enough to the surface that I can almost stick my fingers out. It was a pretty shitty feeling. With my chest and diaphragm convulsing from the contractions that happen when you don't breathe for a long time and your body says, you know, I could really go for some air about now. And it was made shittier by the fact that I realized the only way I was going to get free was to swim down to get a little slack, untangle myself, and then head back up. And I did just that. Needless to say, feeling that line fall away and launching to surface was amazing. A couple hook breaths take a breath. Hold it. Squeeze. Release later and all is well again. But damn. It was shitty. And my dive partner was only a little ways away. But. Didn't notice I was in trouble until I already had to go back down to untangle myself. Moral of the story be really careful with lines underwater filming tiger sharks in open water about 200 miles out of Grand Bahama. We were at the edge of a large flat plain of reef and sand about 40 feet deep looking out over the abyss where the bottom drops into the deep Atlantic. The boat that I was diving from uses a chum auger to dump blood and ground up fish overboard to attract sharks from the open ocean. We had two 14-16 foot female tigers who would come up over the ledge and swim slowly through our group of divers before circling back out into the blue. After about an hour of filming, all of the other divers in my group had run low on air and ascended. I have always been pretty efficient on gas and still had plenty of bottom time left so I spent a bit longer on the bottom hoping for some clean diver free shots of the tigers. Within a few minutes the current shifted and began picking up the fine white sand from the shelf and the water became like milk. Visibility went from well over 100 feet to less than 10 very quickly. I decided to bag it and head back to the boat. The problem was I could no longer see where the boat was floating on the surface, and the shot line that was hung below it for divers to use on their ascent was also nowhere in sight. I ended up doing a reference-free ascent in whiteout visibility. The current that had shifted was now pushing from the shelf out into open ocean and it quickly carried me out of sight of the bottom and away from where the boat was anchored. I always carry a signal float on a reel and I sent it to the surface to mark my position and give me some sort of reference to ascend with. As I was hanging in mid-water with absolutely no visual reference save for the spool of line in my hand disappearing into the cloudy water above me I could see the shadows of the tiger sharks following me out into the open ocean at the very edge of visibility. Due to the amount of time I had been at depth I was obligated to hold position at 15 feet for 3 minutes to allow my body to off-gas nitrogen to avoid getting the bends. During that time, 
These truck-sized predators circled back to me again and again from every side end. Angle? I was spinning in the water trying to see in every direction at once. I would catch a glimpse of a shadow moving in at the last second when it was mere feet from me and would turn just in time to deflect it away from me. The truly terrifying thing was just how slow and insidious they were about it. You know the way a large dog will sometimes just kind of lazily push into you. That's what these massive tiger sharks were doing. They would circle out into the gloom, out of sight, and then lazily swim directly at me without a care in the world as to whether or not I would move or react. Each time I had to reach out and push myself to the side off of their three-foot-wide heads. Then, they would just flinch away at my touch before sliding off into the darkness, only to return a few seconds later from a different direction. The worst part was once I reached the surface and saw how far from the boat I was. It took me 10 minutes swimming against the current to get back to the boat knowing the whole time I was right in the middle of a miles-long patch of fish blood and chum being dumped over the railing and drifting with the current right to me. I didn't see the tigers at the surface but was far more nerve-wracking. I knew they were still right below me and I swam with my face in the water still trying to see in every direction at once. We changed locations after that dive-in. Search of better visibility but I sat out the rest of the day with my nerves completely fried. Too long didn't read diving without a cage filming massive tiger sharks. I ended up alone in zero visibility conditions while two of them commenced the laziest attack ever. ETA. Video I filmed on that trip. Link. When I went I got my first major job as a forensic death investigator it happened to be at the same time our county was putting together a new division of search and rescue. They needed people who were certified scuba divers that has some experience being the new kid at the time about 24 years old they called me the puppy I kinda got harangued into becoming one of the on-call divers. We did a few practice dives and I ended up responding to a few a few search and rescue orders. Most were looking for a lost fisherman that went out in storm conditions. Searching a lake for missing people after a boating accidents and stuff like that. The waters in Texas are murky as duck and house all sorts of awesome creatures. We had an issue where some young guy about my age had gone out kayaking the major river in my city during a storm and no one had heard from him. We went to the last place someone saw him and started our standard search. For some reason I wasn't too keen to enter the water that day and was triple checking everything. Recoveries weren't exactly my favorite thing to do I learned scuba mainly for fun. But work changed that. After I go down with another diver we start our search and shake off my nerves but towards the end of our dive i start feeling like a swimmer in the movie jaws my heart feels like it pounding out of my chest and my stomach feels tight like i'm going to throw up i try to calm down and check over my gear while listening to my buddy and the guys on the boat talking waiting to tell them i'm going to surface a bit early as i turn to see where my buddy is at a huge alligator gar swim right between us the ugly mug on the fish scared the duck out of me and i screamed probably scaring the duck out of everyone else in the process I headed back to boat as fast as safety would allow. I was a quite fresh diver, doing my advanced course which you can actually start immediately after your first certification. We were doing a deep dive, and I was buddied up with a non-student diver, taking up the rear of the group. Everything was going fine, and the dive master regularly checked on us on the way down. After signaling OK, I turned around to see my buddy was struggling with trying to get her fin back on. No biggie. I signaled her to relax, and offered my arm to steady herself. At this point, she just said duck it, and without warning, held in her inflator button of her BCD. To non-divers, that means filling up your vest with air. It's like pressing the express button of a turbocharged elevator, taking you to the surface immediately. It's also really unsafe.
as rising so quickly from depth can cause decompression sickness or worse. I tried to pull her down while simultaneously banging on my tank to get the attention of the dive master. But we both rose to the surface. I let go at around 5 meters. Where I had visual contact with her as well as the group. It happened so fast. And the DM who suddenly saw us on the surface was super pissed. For the second dive that day. My eyes were glued on her. Didn't want to lose her out of sight. Again. While descending to the site. She had problems and shot up. I followed slowly and waited. And after some problems. We reconnected with the group. She signaled me okay. And I turned my attention to the DM for something. 10 seconds later. She was gone. Nowhere to be seen. I later found out she had gotten felt Nars diving at depth can make you feel high. So she had ascended to a shallower depth. This is the right thing to do. But not without the attention of your buddy. If you have problems, don't sign you are okay. The dive master all of a sudden when she had been relocated signal to end the dive prematurely. And to return quickly to shore. This meant swimming against the current at a very hard pace. And even if I was in good shape, I had troubles keeping up. When we got back, I was exhausted. The reason for the early abort and rapid swim back apart from the shit show that a non-functional buddy team was that one of the other students had misread his air supply and was actually running low on air. At first I was pissed at my buddy, as well as my dive master for pairing me a relatively new diver with another fresh diver and expecting me to babysit her. When we did our log books however, I noticed she had 300 log dives. She should be vastly experienced at least enough to basic diving behaviors and safety procedures. When my rage subsided, I learned that the number of log dives doesn't mean anything. And from now on I expect all my buddies that I don't know to be inexperienced regardless of their level. It's safer that way. And better for my blood pressure too. This was while being certified. Doing a dive out in the Gulf off the Florida Panhandle coast near Destin. Going down to about 25 feet or whatever the depth was for certification. Visibility was fine. Start following the group. Then all hell breaks loose. First, ocean debris or a tide change brought in a duck ton of shit that made visibility to inches. I stayed in my spot and tried to calmly look for everyone. Nobody was around. Someone got caught in a rip current and got brought out to 200-300 yards away. A boat came and picked them up. I noticed that everyone was split up. A group out to sea. People on the shore and people being pushed up to the rock break that extends out. I was going towards the rocks. So I just kinda let myself float slowly and used my legs to brace myself. I was able to take my fins off and walk across the rocks to get to the other side and slide back into the water. But got scraped up super bad. Everyone was accounted for but shit changed fast. It was my first dive. Just after a storm so the water is choppy. Gray. And murky. We're off the coast of NC diving at a Liberty ship that was turned into an artificial reef. Just about everyone barfed just getting out there. We get all suited up. BCU. Wetsuit. Titan weight belts and in we go. We can't see shit. Like three feet of visibility. We bumble our way down to the wreck and start the dive. Not really much going on. Couple of fish. Starfish. A rusty hole in the very flat side of the ship. We're all following each other keeping tabs on dive partner when all of a sudden I am getting dragged to the surface. Plucked from the water like God's bath toy. I am screaming my head off thinking of my impending doom by whatever has grabbed me when I bob to the surface like a cork. I see the boat and they wave me over. 
I felt around to make sure all my parts are there when I noticed something missing. My weight belt. The depth must have compressed my abdomen and I slipped out of it. I yell at them what happened and they respond with. Well, that's not good. No shit. Get back on the boat. Wait until everyone else appears. My dive partner had no idea I even disappeared. She found someone that sort of liked me. Some dude found my weight belt all lonesome on the wreck. TLDR weight belt fell off. Disappeared into the gray waters. No one noticed. This is a little bit of a book. Bear with me. When I was a freshman in college, I decided to take scuba diving as course in the summer following. I went to get certified. My mom was worried about me drowning and I reassured her. She had nothing to worry about. I was being trained to breathe underwater. I wouldn't drown. The chances of it were so slim. Especially since my instructor has been doing it so long. My certification was on a June 18th and 19th. My 20th birthday was the 19th. I was super excited to be certified on my birthday. Anyway, my partner was my boyfriend who had also taken the class with me. Between the time of the course end and certification, we broke up after three years together. I went to my certification and my professor dive master remembered us and had us be a pair. The first day of certification, we gear up and I have an insane amount of weights on me I weighed about 100 pounds. We got into the water and begin the dive. My weights after a while shifted and put me off balance. I had decided to take pause to readjust, but when I went to inflate my vest, all I got were bubbles. I wouldn't float. I kept trying over and over with no results. At this point, I can't see the group anymore and my partner is nowhere near. My mask fogs up and I got to the surface for a few seconds and try to tread while I clear my mask. I started sinking again and water went up my nose, which made me cough and drop my reg. So, naturally, I start panicking and trying to swim and inflate and nothing is working. I try to call help, but I am in the middle of a lake. I am choking on water, and my partner is nowhere near me. I was about to stop struggling and give up when I finally went down again and had a thought to do an emergency accent. I undid every buckle I could and dropped everything to the bottom of that damn lake. When I got up, a random person from my group was there and gave me her backup reg and took me to shore where I choked up water. She went to get the dive master and he comes. Asks where my stuff is. I point to where a bunch of bubbles are and he gets the stuff. He brought it back. Asked me what the hell I was thinking dropping all my gear and how expensive it is and just rips into me while I try to explain what happened. He starts checking my gear while he is chewing me out and abruptly stops. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time in 35 years of diving, my instructor has found a faulty O-ring. He fixed it, up and gave it back and told me I could leave or take some time and float. He leaves. My partner, who came with the instructor, now starts yelling at me for trying to get him in trouble and for overreacting. It was a birthday weekend I will never forget, and definitely not my best birthday. The next day, I was certified, I still don't think it was worth it yet. When I was in my first open water dive for my certification we were doing a skills check that required you to take your respirator out of your mouth and then find it again by dropping your arm and sweeping it around you to catch the hose. We were also supposed to blow little bubbles the whole time to avoid holding our breath under the water. In my effort to blow little bubbles I ended up blowing way too much air out and after one or two failed attempts to find my hose I was basically out of breath. The dive instructor was literally inches from my face but I was seconds away from taking a breath and about one second away from grabbing the respirator out of his mouth and shoving it into my own when he noticed what was wrong. 
and found my respirator. Gave it to me and I was able to take a breath. After I recovered I was able to do the skill no big deal but it felt so silly. I was about to drown less than 20 feet below the surface in a lineup with a bunch of other divers in front of my dive instructors. After we got to the surface one of the dive masters told me that in reality I should probably have taken my backup respirator and put that in my mouth and then taken as long as I needed to find my main one. To this day I have a hard time watching scenes in movies where people are underwater without a respirator. For our first dives following training. My wife and I went to Grand Cayman. They showed us a map of the reef area. Turn around spot and said they would stay by my wife since she was nervous. They also said at the halfway pint. They'd check everyone's air. We were on a boat that was rocking due to waves and my wife was getting motion sickness as we waited for all of the other divers to get and they were all retiree-aged and we were trying to be nice. The dive master told her to go on in and wait for me below. She goes in and I wait for all others to get in and follow. As soon as I swim down about 30 female to her she is all alone. Totally panicked and not using any of the hand signals she was taught and we reviewed right before getting onto the boat. She was just wide-eyed and waving hands frantically. I gave her my spare regulator and she calmed down. I took her main regulator and cleared it. She had vomited into it from the motion sickness and in her panic. Forgot how to clear it or to use her spare regulator. Thankfully, a friend had recently told us his story of vomiting into his regulator and how he'd panicked and gone straight to the surface. So she knew at least to try to breathe and not to surface quickly. We went on with the dive. Never saw the dive master until the end of the dive and nobody's dive computer was checked for remaining air. This was with a highly recommended shop that advertised as a we cater to whatever needs you have. Duck that. You are on your own and better get good training from the start. Also, fish love vomit. Thanks for watching. Don't leave before leaving a like to this video, also hit the subscribe button to support my work. And as always, have a horrific nightmare my dear. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.